Hi everyone, I'm Naomi and you are listening to On The Path. I'm an entrepreneur, a real food lover, a spiritual seeker, and a first-time mom. Every week, I'll be offering you new insights and showcasing friends, family, and interesting guests who all have unique perspectives on this thing called life. No topic is off limits. Business, food, and mindfulness are just a few of the discussions we'll be exploring. I want you to laugh, get inspired, and have some tools to take with you on your road ahead. This is On The Path. Hey, my loves. Thanks for listening to another episode of On The Path. Today, I'm so honored and humbled and excited to sit down with my friend and truly one of my greatest mentors, Mark Willis. Mark and I had an opportunity to meet several years ago through a mutual friend. And I remember when I went to my first meeting with him, I was so nervous. Like, I don't know if I'd ever been that nervous for a meeting, but Mark was the CEO of Keller Williams Realty for over a decade and is a man of such high accolades. And I just didn't even know what to expect. And when I walked into that meeting, I was instantly inspired by his insight, his wisdom, his business acumen, his mindset on thought leadership, his philanthropic spirit. He's just an incredible person. And we have been friends ever since. And When I invited him to be on today's podcast, I knew we would have a chance to share about all the dynamic things Mark is excited about and interested in, and we went all over the place, talked about mediums and the map of consciousness and his favorite books, and also a huge part of today's episode is Mark sharing his journey on his life after loss. Because in the last year, Mark lost his wife, Cindy, of 34 years and is essentially starting his life all over again uh, in lots of ways and is sharing about those insights and also about the incredible work he's doing in the world with his family foundation called the Willis Family Foundation that's dedicated to early cancer detection with cancer sniffing canines. It's absolutely remarkable and inspiring and I'm just so excited to share it with you. So without further ado, here's Mark. You're listening to On The Path, where we believe wellness is more than just the food you eat. It's what you think, how you live, and the daily choices you make. Your host, Naomi Seifter, will share new perspectives, insights, and tools to help you live your best life. Without further ado, here's Naomi. Well, welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for coming and for being here. I'm so excited to interview you for On the Path. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I'm honored, and any chance I get to spend with you, Naomi, I am there. That is so, so kind of you. Thank you you for inviting me. Yeah. Like I said, I'm honored. Well, it has been such a privilege to get to know you over the course of the last couple of years. You've really been such a mentor for me, and I'm always so inspired by my time with you. And so I'd love for you to just start off by sharing a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your journey with our followers. Okay, well, great. So um, I can, you know, first and foremost, I guess what I am uh, is a lifelong student, and I am committed to growing, to learning, to being the best that I can be. Um, Where a lot of people know me is that I spent the last 
36 years in the real estate industry. Oh my I goodness. mean, it's crazy to say 36 years. Um, for a huge part of that 36 years, 25 years, I was, uh, you know, Mr. Keller Williams and came to Keller Williams when we were a small Austin-based company. And I, uh, I just agreed so much with Gary Keller and his mindset and his views on the industry. And we aligned and created a great partnership. And I became one of the top franchisees in the company. I became a regional director, then the president, and then I was the CEO for, you know, double-digit years. That's so and, wild. <laughs> and then, you know, it, I hit one of those interesting moments in life. And, um, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a dangerous moment. That, mm-hmm. that, that you can find yourself in where you all of a sudden you look up and every goal you've set for your life, you've hit. Yes. You check, 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 check. And I was at a moment where I just kind of coasted. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. And, and that like obsessive drive that I've always had, I didn't identify new goals mm. before I hit the old goals that I'd had forever. Yeah. And they were like someday lifetime goals. And so I have spent the last few years kind of redefining my life for the next 30 or 40 years and getting clear about what my goals are for how I contribute the most to the world and to myself and the people that I love and bring the most value. And so um, it's interesting how life works out because for me, life tends to push me a direction and that push when it's right usually gets a natural momentum to it Mm -hmm. and so um it's interesting over the last year 2019 was an interesting year for me um my uh in late late 2018 in december of 2018 my wife of 34 years was diagnosed with breast cancer. And then five months later, in May of 2019, she passed away. So the whole year of 2019 was basically spent focusing on her health and, you know, doing everything that we could to um, help her, um, you know, have the best experience possible. And then uh, when she passed away, Lord, you just never know. You can prepare, you know, you can prepare intellectually for how something's going to feel. But you never know how it's going to feel emotionally no. until yeah. it hits you. And so uh, for, you know, the last, I would say, eight, nine months, I've really been figuring out who am I? I'm sure. <laughs> who is all, Mark All Willis? over again. You know, all over again. And all the things that I thought were important Uh, and that I was building my life for are no longer, you know, that is no longer present. I guess everything in life has an expiration date, including our own lives, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, As we know it in this physical form. I I don't think that there's any expiration date on our true spiritual identity because like you, I'm a spiritual seeker. Um, And uh, yet when you are a spiritual seeker, it can make things a little bit more complex (laughs) because you're dealing with so many unknowns. So. I've I've spent the last year really getting clarity about who I am, uh, what I am doing, and who I want to become. Well, so Um, what does that look like for you now? What what have been the biggest realizations in the past year since Cindy passed? 
So, um, number one, I've had to figure out, I feel like everything I've done my whole life, I've done for other people. Mm. And then, you know, things just kind of work out for me. So, um, I, you know, that, that was a bit of a mind screw, oh, so, sure. so to speak, yeah. because, you know, it's like, okay, um, like we had an, an, an a really nice, um, mode of transportation we had a great airplane and Cindy passed away I sold the airplane immediately yeah it's like it, it wasn't no longer important had any meaning anymore. to me yeah I didn't have it for me I had it because that was the lifestyle I wanted to provide her with and so I've had to really get clear about what matters and for me I think that there are some great lessons that I've learned and um there are some uh opportunities that I have to help others uh, maybe uh, avoid some of the same mistakes I've yeah. I, I fell into, and um, they're they're the all the different tools and the lessons that I've learned. I want to share them. So for me, really teaching and um, developing tools to help people self optimize at the highest level and help people really become what they want to become. Uh, is the way that I'm finding what I want to become. Well, that's just so generous for you to offer that. I mean, I'm, I'm about to embark on your leadership mastery course starting later this week, right? Oh, uh, yeah, and that's right. I'm very excited for that opportunity because you, to your point, I mean, I think it's so generous that you're you're contributing your time to help uplift others in that way. That's really beautiful, especially I, I, with everything that you've gone through in the last year. Well, I think that, uh, if anything, I have more empathy for mm. what other people have been through. Um, you know, I'll tell you a funny story, Naomi. <laughs> and this is, this again, this kind of, it's, it's it may sound a little bit weird, but uh, I remember uh, in October 2018, I was at a, um, a dinner, a family dinner, and I took my partner from Brain Juice, uh, Sam Elick, because uh, it was a, it was a, it was a, family get together and 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 my family wanted to know Sam and who I was in business with and so he came and so I heard Sam ask my sister this question he said um Tom give me the real scoop on Mark <laughs> and you know I'm having a conversation but with my, hear with, it with my other ear I'm kind of listening because <laughs> I want to hear what my sister says and um she she says well you know Mark has just had a very charmed life and I'm sure that you can relate or your listeners will also relate um, but there was like this little like springy like twinge that I got in the back of my neck oh, when she yeah. said that and I had this sense that something was coming um, and then uh, it's it just like intuitively, spine, yeah. it's like, I went, uh, yeah, that's true, but I feel like something's coming. And uh, I, I, I think I'm blessed with a pretty good intuition. Yeah. And so then Cindy was diagnosed with cancer. My wife was diagnosed with cancer. Like a month later. Like a month later, literally a month later. And um, it was, you know, it was one of those things where I think that uh, I have lived a pretty charmed life and and I I have a real sense of what people go through having been through the you know the last um, 
you know, 14 months. Um, and uh, I mean that in all different categories, like how, how devastating, you know, uh, life-threatening illness can be, particularly when it's a loved one that you can't fix. I'm, I'm wired to fix things. I'm too. <laughs> so yeah. the minute I couldn't fix that, it's like my whole world turned upside down. And then, you know, understanding um, kind of um, what, what it's like to be alone after, you know, never living alone my entire life. Never lived alone until right now. And I'm 58 years old. Gosh. And I'm, I'm living alone, literally, for the first time in my lifetime. Uh, uh, what it's like to be uh, open to a relationship uh, and dating and yet never, uh, having, so never having dated outside of high school and college. Like, not even in college, because I basically married my high school sweetheart. Yeah. Um, and so there are so many new frontiers that I'm pioneering, which, you know, I'm, everybody deals with the same frontiers and yet it's kind of the new, new, yeah. uh, for me right now. And it's like you're I, starting your life all over again. It, it is literally like I'm starting over at 58 years old and, 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 and that's a wonderful gift. Like, yeah. That's like. That's this is not a bad thing. I've okay, so I, I said I, I usually don't cuss, but you're gonna like this one. So <laughs> I said, you know, if I were gonna get another tattoo right now, um, I would get one that just says KFG. What does that stand for? Keep fucking going. <laughs> I guess what a great reminder to be able you to know, look down at that. Yes, like. Uh, I'm telling you, while we're living, we are meant to keep growing, to keep expanding, to keep evolving, to become more tomorrow than we are today and more the next day than we are tomorrow. Yes. And Amen to that. Uh, life is about evolving. And, you know, one of my basic core beliefs, Naomi, is that, um, you know, we, we, we are supposed to strive every day. Um, and by nature, I mean, even the Lord's Prayer, if you practice, you know, any, like, I, I believe in a higher power. So, you know, that give us this day that daily bread. It doesn't say give us this day our lifetime's bread. Mm -hmm. It's like every day we have to strive. Every day we have to keep growing and uh, keep KFG, right? Yeah, that, <laughs> that uh, resonates so deeply for me because there have been so many times over the course of the last seven years, you know, building my own company that I have been in tears. You want to give up. You get frustrated about uh, something. Yeah. You're exhausted. You've worked 20 hours. You know, you don't see an end in sight. You're in the middle of the storm. You know, obviously this is work related rather than personal. And, you know, I go through those, you know, personal situations too, where you just are feeling like you can't keep going. And my husband, Kevin, has always just reminded me of this great saying, which is win the day. You know, it's the same yeah. exact same thing right. as KFG, win the day. If you win one day at a time, right. then all of a sudden you win a week, then all of a sudden you win a right. month, then you win a year, then all of a sudden you're looking back 10 years later and you've made some, some great strides. So... I think that what an amazing reminder, you know. Well, it's especially it's, profound for me, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because uh, at 58 years old, um, I am, uh, and, 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 you know, having had success and 
a lot of the luxuries that you get from having had a great career career and, and, and having made some money and, and, you know, gathered some acorns, so to speak. Um, a lot of people at that point say, okay, um, let's, you know, let's slow it down. Let's slow life down. And uh, maybe we should start to take it easy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, Relax a little and, bit. And, and, and <laughs> you know, whether it's, you know, start to play golf. Well, you know, if, if you listen to what people who play golf every day talk about, they're usually talking about the past. Or how they don't feel good, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's like the beginning of stasis. And yeah, talk to talk and, to me about and, that. And so, well, what's the most static thing in the world? When a, you're a not, dead body, yeah, when you're a not dead body. Anymore. Nothing is more static than a dead body. Well, when we stop growing and we stop expanding and becoming more tomorrow than we are today, we become static, and we begin the process of death. Mm-hmm. And having observed firsthand the process of death, literally taking someone's life from them, um, I'm more passionate about personal growth and the and, and expanding and evolving such to the point that I have trademarked uh, the statement called Evolve, and I've written oh, I a that. full book outline on called Evolve, And the evolution planner is a part of the leadership class that you're going to be in, which is all the tools that help you keep evolving. So what I found for me is that when I teach, uh, I should teach the subject where, you know. Where you want to spend your time. Yeah. And I want to feel like I'm getting a higher level of mastery or experience a higher level of mastery. And so... Because it forces you then to take the time to really right. study and feel well-versed. And wow, that's so great. So to, in in your journey now of um, evolution in this new stage of yeah. life, what does that look like for you? What do you spend your time doing on a daily basis on personal development? It's, it's really um, to the point where um, I have gotten back to, you know, reading... A book a month. Now that doesn't sound like a lot. That's a great goal. But I tell you what, you read when you're 58 years old and you basically have read a book a month your you know your whole adult life. Let's just call that 40 years. Um, that's a lot of books. That's a lot of books. And um, I went back and I found the foundational books that were a part of my career and my trajectory in real estate. What were and I'm, they? I'm rereading every one of those oh books. Oh my gosh. So what 15, um, 20 years later? Some 40 years later. Oh wow. Okay, so the very beginning yeah, of your real estate yeah, career. Even like before I was in real estate. What books are those? So the the books that matter most to me. Think and grow rich. Nicole I knew Hill. you were going to say that. I was, uh, I honestly was about to pull this one out I've never read it. I saw it on the so, bookshelf the other day, and I almost bought it. So Million Dollar Habits by Robert Ringer uh, is another one. Robert Ringer, um, he um, he also, by the way, he also wrote Winning Through Intimidation and Looking Up for Number One. So, uh, 
Um, those aren't great titles, but uh, Million Dollar Habits is is absolutely one of my all time favorites. Uh, the Power of Intention by mm. Wayne Dyer. Um, uh, the Spontaneous Fulfillment of Desire, mm. uh, Deepak Chopra. Um, Your Infinite Power to Be Rich, Dr. Joseph Murphy. Um, I I mean I can just go. Uh, How did you by find the way, these? Mark Allen. Visionary Life, uh, one of my favorite books of all time. And Mark Allen and Shakti Gawain were business partners, and Shakti Gawain did creative visualization. Mm. And creative visualization was one of the most important books and workbooks of my life. How did you find those books? Like, did somebody recommend them to you, or did you I, just was, feel drawn to it them? Was or? Either it fell off the shelf when I was at the bookstore and landed on my big toe. Wait, really? Or, yeah, literally some of them. Or it was someone that, you know, was where I wanted to be. Yeah. Said, uh, read this book. It might help you. And I found that, you know, books and learning are a great gap closer uh, between where you are and where you want to be. Uh, others have, have lived before us and we can learn from what they what they tell us help them get there. And I so, think that's so valuable. And I, I'll say when I used to work at Lululemon way back in the day, like before I even moved to Austin, before I met my husband, I worked at the showroom in Miami Beach for just a, a month, month and a half. And when I started onboarding there, one of the precursors to getting on the floor is they encourage you to read a couple books from their library. And Think yeah. and Grow Rich is one of them by Napoleon Hill. Uh, the Psychology of Achievement by oh, yeah, Brian, Brian Tracy. Tracy. Yeah, they encourage you to listen to the audiobook. And even though I didn't stay with Lululemon for very long at all, the insights I got from Psychology of Achievement were some of the greatest insights I've you know, ever received, really. And I took them with me through my whole career. And Think and Grow Rich has been one that has shown up time and time again. And I literally looked at it on the shelf last week. And when I was I was just at Barnes & Noble, I decided to take a few minutes for myself. And I was just looking yeah. at the shelves. And um, when you mentioned things just popping off the shelf at you, that's the way that I look for things, well, this too. this is literally when, <laughs> when, when you saw it on the shelf and it was already in your mind space. Mm -hmm. And then I'm telling you about it. That's what I mean when it said falls off the shelf onto your toe. So I, wild. It's, it's like, I think books come to us when we're, when we're ready and when we're searching for answers. Yeah. Because the universe always answers what we're asking for. It's true. It I feel exactly always the same answers way. what mm -hmm. we're asking for. And if we just ask for help and we're we're open to that help like arriving, we'll see it in multiple forms. Mm -hmm. Yes. I call that clumping. When yeah. you're getting repeat signs from multiple different clumping. sources of the that. same thing, right? So um, I'm trying to use, find an example. So about two years ago, I had a customer come up to me and she had been following this protocol by this guy named Anthony William. It was called the medical medium protocol and she had great success and it kind of blew it off. And then, you know, a month later, somebody else medical brought up medium medical protocol. medium. And then all of a sudden I'm perusing around the bookstore and same thing. It's like, it's on the floor. It's right next to you. You know, you get it from multiple different places that are unrelated. That's an example of clumping. And I, I, that's always, always, always how I take advice from the universe is if something shows up on more than one occasion, I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen. I'm going to pay attention. Clearly I need to look into it. It's interesting. Now I'm, I'm 
told you I zigzag every now and then. I'm and I kind of step out there on branches way out on the limb. Oh, the, I do the, too. The medical medium thing. Um, it's interesting. I knew this uh, intuitive from here in Austin, mm. and she's she's still alive, I believe. And uh, she used a doctor that she was the medium for and could diagnose any problem. It's incredible. Like psychically. Yeah. And it's a um, real gift. I mean, it, it I watched her do it like multiple times. I have a woman, her name's Linda Freud, that I saw for about a year and a half when I was going through my healing journey. She lived in California. I would call her, she's a medical intuitive. That's what she does. And I yeah. would call her and she would channel and talk about stuff that was going on with me. She used the help of a pendulum oh, and, yeah. and looked at a whole bunch of different supplements and a whole different you know, food lists and different parts of the body and uh, heavy metals and all this stuff to figure out where you're out of balance. And um, then, you know, did the same thing when she was channeling uh, diet and lifestyle changes to support. And it was incredible. I like the when I did the Austin Fit magazine interview yeah. and it was that cover story. I talked about the plan I was following was what was channeled by my medical intuitive. And it's it's just People don't think about that as being a viable support system. But for me, me mediums have been amazing. I really see oh, mediums the way I see it. You know, so a lot of people see a therapist. It's been an incredible tool for it's me. It's so funny. You know, I have, like, I have a number of friends that are physicians. And it's, we, one is a really good friend. And he has to have scientific proof. And, you know, I go with how I feel about something. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I'm not saying that this is going to work for everybody, but when you're open to it, it, it can really be amazing. Like, can. You, you come from a medical family, right? I do. And I'm curious, what would your, your <laughs> scientists, parents who are physicians have to say about a medical medium? Well, it's I, interesting <laughs> because... You know, I brought it up a few times and really I end up getting the same kind of answers. It, you know, healing foods are very powerful. And whether you're a medium or functional medicine doctor, a lot of people recommend the same thing. So actually one of the mediums I saw, I was struggling a little bit with some anxiety and feeling out of balance. And she, she actually said to me that she felt like I would do better as a vegan because I'm very energetically sensitive to the, to everything. I pick up on, um, things where I've had, you know, psychic moments and things like that from all the time I spent in the ashram and stuff comes to me really easily and insights and things like that. This is a little woo woo, but I'm, you know, like excited, <laughs> excited to share. So she said to me, she felt like I would do better being vegan because when I eat animal products, if I'm not careful of where I'm sourcing them from, I'm picking up energetically on kind of what the animal was going through at the end of their life. So I took that as a message of, yeah, it's true. When I eat plant-based, I like feel very um, aligned. I feel like I get really strong messages. I feel 
super intuitive, but I sometimes get a little flighty. I don't feel super grounded. And I've found that meat actually really helps me, but I have to be really careful of the sourcing for that reason. This is a little out there. Maybe I, this I, is I, too I, much, no, but you I know what know. I mean? <laughs> you know what? This reminds me of something. Then we can get back on the mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to take a little zigzag <laughs> off into the, you know, kind of the, the out there range. But I, I know that... Um, I used to go to Wayne Dyer's uh, Maui retreat uh, oh, cool. annually, and he would do like a two-day weekend retreat in Maui, and it was uh, it was just always such a treat. I, I called it my annual tune-up. You know, oh, just go I, yes, and get your tune-up, you know. And he said, anytime we consume an animal that is being that was raised to be butchered for our consumption, that animal has fear. Yeah, yes. And when we eat that animal, and it's, you know, whether it's a steak or whether it is, you know, like a, a piece of salmon that's farmed yeah. instead of wild caught, that when we eat that, that animal product, we are eating their fear. Thank you for validating that yeah. because that well, was that. what she was communicating to me. She said, right. you're just very empathic. And so you're going to digest and pick up the energy of what that animal was feeling. So that's why it's super important to me as somebody who does eat meat that I want as often as I can to be conscious about where that meat comes from. So my friends who own Rome Ranch out in Fredericksburg, they do such an incredible job and it doesn't sound... Um, maybe to somebody who doesn't understand the process that this would be a humane way to harvest an animal, but they, but it's incredibly humane. They do it like a field harvest for their bison. So the bison doesn't know that it's being raised for slaughter. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, and yeah. then, so it's, it's, it's quick. They have an incredible life living out in pastures. They don't see it coming. So to me, I get excited about being able to eat that kind of meat. Yeah. Because I Me feel too. I feel better about it. Yeah. I feel and I feel better emotionally, energetically, all those things. So I think there's some validity to that. Yeah, so, so going back, because you mentioned, you know, I, I like zigzagging too, and I think uh, it's really interesting to me that you've been able to build such an incredible career and also be this kind of conscious business person. Was that always who you were? Or was there a time in your life where you started becoming more passionate about the intuitive or, you know, kind of spiritual part of work? No, I think I've always been that way. Did um, that start in your childhood? You know, so, so one thing that, you know, people who um, have known this, they, they bring it up a lot and they get confused. I was raised a Christian scientist. Mm. This is not the Church of Scientology. That's a totally different. I don't even think that the Church of Scientology is a church, but um, Christian science is uh, really uh, about uh, healing. Mm. And it is, um, I, I think it taught me kind of unique thinking models about uh, life mm. in general. Um, and, um, you know, the, 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 the premise is, is that um, everything here, this physical realm, is just temporal. And so it's not real. It's the unreal yeah. because it's temporal. But the spiritual realm is eternal. Hmm. And we're, we're created in the image and likeness of that eternal 
you know, being uh, a perfection. And uh, as such, that's our true identity. So anything that appears not to be perfect is actually perfection that's cloaked as imperfection. Hmm. And so, you know, growing up, we did not go to doctors unless, I mean, a broken bone or, you know, something like that, dental help or, like, optometry, we... So you can go for preventative medicine. There's only... I mean, if I got a cough, I never went to the doctor. Um, And um, I feel like that kind of metaphysical sense of my own physical being... I carry that medical metaphysical sense into even, you know, kind of a business Mm. being. Um, And so I I think it's natural. So it was always interconnected. It's very internal. I don't share this a lot because um, it's, you know, most people I don't think would understand it in a short explanation. No, there was. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's true. There was one, there was somebody who said to me once when I made this statement that intuition is my biggest tool in business they said well you can't operate in business that way business is facts and data i've always you can't operated use... in business that way right well so I, I what is your point of view on how you use your intuition in business um, that, well so i have uh, a question that i like to ask myself and i like to ask other people hmm. when when they tell me something and that is do you think it or do you know it Ooh, I love that. Do you think There's it, a big difference. Or do you know it? Because there are times when you can think something um, and you go, well, maybe I just think it. There are times when you go, no, I freaking know this. Like, it, it, it just, And do you just I always follow it. your knowing? And I try to follow my knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I just think it, you'll you'll find that in business... I will almost orbit until I know it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've seen me orbit a project that we've talked about before, and it's that I just don't know it yet. Yeah. I think it, but I don't know it. When I know it is when I land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, conscious business, um, I believe that... Um, there's so many reasons to be conscious in business. Um, one is that um, people matter. Mm-hmm. Very much. <laughs> people matter more than uh, a personal win that isn't, isn't going to take into consideration that yeah. others matter. Um Second is that, um, you know, we're really looking for um, a, uh, uh, for me, I, I want to serve a purpose that I believe in. Well, that has always led me to serve people. Mm. And so in serving people that. as a conscious business leader, um, I just always wanted to understand what do you want? What do you want? Why do you want that? How will you know when you have it? Like, how important is this to you? What really matters about your career? What really matters about your future? 
like what are the three, four, five things that have to happen in order for you to feel good mm. about, you know, what you're doing Take a piece of paper right and follow these prompts right now, everybody. Yeah, like, really. Yeah. But this is this is kind of what I do with myself, and I do it with other people. I just go, okay, so let's, let's really get clarity first, and let's pay attention to self-talk. Talk Let, to me about that. Okay, so... Um, you know, one of the things that I watch is, um, first and foremost, how I, how I talk to myself. Michael Singer said, uh, one of, and by, by the way, one of the greatest privileges of my last 10 years was getting to spend a day one-on-one with Michael Singer, who wrote The Untethered Soul mm. and The Sweater Experiment. And um, Michael Singer uh, in The Untethered Soul just gripped me this is before i met him but he gripped me because he said you know um we we live 24 7 with this roommate in our head Mm -hmm. and if we actually lived with another person who spoke to us the way we allow that roommate that self-critic in our head to speak to us you'd never allow it we would pack their clothes <laughs> up and throw them out the window into the parking lot or onto the front yard, and they'd be gone, Completely. right? They'd be gone. Completely. So, um, I, you know, one thing I try to stay aware of is how I talk to myself. Um, and, you know, in working with others, one thing I've noticed is that I talk to myself a lot nicer than most people. Oh, talk to I'm horrible to myself. Uh, it's true. I it's really something I need to work on. So this is a really good reminder for myself yeah. too. I I definitely am probably meanest to myself than I am to other you know anyone else in my life. And my friend Carl, well, my friend Carly demanding? is like demanding or yeah, mean? That's, mean there, there's, both mean and uh, demanding. So mean is destructive. <laughs> yeah, it is. So you don't want to be self-destructive. No, my friend Carly actually said to me when we were talking. You know, I made some self-deprecating comments. You know, everybody everybody does unless they're aware of it. Yeah. You know, and she said to me, she goes, don't talk to my friend Naomi like that. I'm like, That's so that. beautiful. And so I really have made a concentrated effort this year to be a lot kinder to myself. You know, for another, that reason. another yeah. tool that I use, and you and I have talked about this before, is David Hawkins' Map of Consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hawkins basically takes the scale of human emotion and he takes it all the way from the, you know, the highest point is enlightenment and the lowest is shame. And um, he shows that every emotion has a vibratory field and that vibratory field dictates the, the experience that we have. So that if you're in shame, which is produced by guilt, which is, you know, guilt is all about self-destruction. Hmm. You're having thoughts of destroying yourself like self like you're it's like you're aiming a gun at yourself Mm -hmm. and just like punishing yourself um and and that's destructive and so that puts you on a self-destructive path and starts attracting more things in shame and guilt and 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 so i really try to observe where am i Mm. um and you know he i think he goes Shame, guilt, apathy, fear, desire, anger, pride. 
Those are all in the bottom, That's in the red, right? That's in the bottom all in of the, the red map. zone. In other words, all of that, you may have what appears to be, you know, all the, 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 the luxuries of success and all the trappings of a, you know, a really successful career. But if you're in pride or below on that map of consciousness, you're, you're in a field of energy that does not support life at its highest level. That's so, so to true. be aware that, you know, like, so above pride is courage. Courage is the gateway to spirit. Hmm. It's like now we're beginning to, to, to express positive life that supports life. And as you work up that map of consciousness, what I've found is that, you know, uh, you've heard of the term synchronicity, right? Mm -hmm. And that is, you think, uh, golly, I'd sure like to have a vanilla ice cream cone. And you, you, you look up and somebody hands you a vanilla ice cream cone. <laughs> Here, I dropped this. Or, <laughs> or I bought two and yeah. I just need one. Would you like one? Yeah. And it's, it's, or, you know, you think of a song and it comes on immediately. Or you think of a person they and call they you. call you that second. Like, all of us have had that experience, mm -hmm. right? Well, that's just what a glimpse of the higher levels of uh, energetic expression are. And, and you, you, you get a taste of it. Well, the higher you climb in this map of consciousness, the more synchronicity you experience. So how do you get from... Pride, fear, anxiety, shame, all of those things to enlightenment. What's what is the recommended journey in that map of consciousness to start making changes to get to that point? First of all, it's that pride, fear, anxiety, all those things that you're talking about are a normal part of the human journey. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's not beating yourself up. That's the first thing. Uh, because you can't, you know, in order, to, I love the saying, the Einstein saying, that the statement that, you know, the, the energy, the, the only way, doing the same thing over and over again, the same way and expecting a different result is mm -hmm. the definition of insanity. Mm -hmm. It takes a higher level of energy than the energy that created a situation to fix it or improve it. So part of it is just saying, okay, well, you know, that's fear. I'm being fearful right now, and I can understand that. That's a part of the human condition. That's not my intention. And um, so I'm going to let that go. I'm just going to kind of um, not ignore it. I need to acknowledge it, but I'm going to surrender that, and I'm going to work from an intention to manifest the highest good for all concerned mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. work from some intention that states kind of a different direction. Um, I read Letting Go like 13 times. Uh -huh. <laughs> you definitely and recommend that it, book to it me. It took and I me, I, and so many people that. struggle with that book because it is, it is textbooky, and yet I feel like it is a manual for how you up-level uh, on your map of, consciousness experience and and i'll tell you i was telling my my you know we you and i have a good mutual friend brandon mm -hmm. he's my personal trainer 
And uh, when, you know, after all this happened and even, you know, dealing with loss and everything else, I still feel like I'm happy. Hmm. I'm sure she'd be so it happy that you take that. my happiness from me. And the reason I feel that way is that I've studied the map of consciousness and I've studied energy and, you know, it's at it, it, it a deep level. In fact, truthfully, those are the books that I enjoy the most in life, not business how-to yeah. books. I, I like these books. It teaches us how to manage our, our energy and manage ourselves because truly, you know, the, the hardest person to lead is yourself. Yeah. And the reason... It's so uh, true. And you know why that is? No, tell me. We judge me. other people by their actions. We judge ourselves by our intentions. Mm-hmm. So very true. Um, I have, um, I you know, I, I, I do feel like um, through the map of consciousness that I've learned acceptance, and I've learned that I don't have to fix everything. And I've learned that um, things sort of take care of themselves if we don't get in their way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to allow. Yeah. And I like that's just a deep spiritual, real heartfelt belief that I have. Yeah, that landed on me very hard. We, we can get you in know. the way yeah. of life doing what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, and you fight it, and it's like, really, we have, I I always struggle because I'm just like you. I like the feeling of being in control sometimes, or it's, it's a character trait of mine, you know, that I've had to do a lot of work on. And when I listened to Letting Go on Audible, it was so profound for me. I listened to it on an airplane, which if anybody has been following my journey, they would know I hate flying. Yeah. So... So that was a perfect time for me to sit there and listen to that book because when I'm in an airplane, I'm super anxious, I'm sweating, I'm clutching onto this little angel statue talisman that I have, I'm just praying on repeat. And I know that it's an incredibly safe mode of transportation. I know nothing's going to happen to me, but it's this feeling of lack of control that I can't accept and so I have angst. So I listen to Letting Go on the plane, it was just the greatest healing tool for me. And mm. it's just That'd be a such, really good time yeah. to listen to letting go. Yeah. When you're 36,000 feet in the <laughs> air and you're feeling anxious, you can't anything. do anything, you know? <laughs> you sit there and you listen to that book, and it's like a reminder of the entire book is all about the only action that you can really take in life is just to surrender and let life kind of happen yeah. to you because we're just really not in control of those circumstances. We can craft this amazing reality for ourselves. You know, we can invite everybody over for dinner and, you know, and have the, the oven on 400 degrees and something still gets burnt. You know, you've like taken care of all of the details, but stuff still happens, right? You take care of your health and, you know, end up getting sick. It's like, it's out of our control. And so the opportunity to just allow yourself to surrender to the circumstances and let them happen and deal with things as they come is the lesson that I certainly know that I'm working on every day. And it's kind of the the uh, moral of that book, right? Yeah, I, I, this is, uh, um, well, first of all, 
control is an illusion. Hmm. You, 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 don't, you have control over two things in life. What are they? How you think and who you go in relationship with. Nothing else. Period. End of story. And yet, you know, it's, I'm going to tell a quick story and then ho hopefully this will resonate uh, with anybody who saw the movie Parasite. I oh, watched I the movie that. Parasite last night. And um, there's a point at which the father tells the son, I have a plan. And so then um, the father and the son and the family get to their house and there have been these floods where they live and the you know sewage is literally coming into their house uh, in, 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 in South Korea. And um, they end up spending the night sleeping on the floor of a gymnasium. And the son says to the father, so you said you had a plan. What's your plan? And the father says, I've decided that the plan sucks. Mm -hmm. Well, I disagree with that. So that's where I think that um, one of the ways that I have maintained, because I'm like you, I need control. Uh, control is to have a vision for my life mm -hmm. and to have a personal mission for myself and to have um, goals and a plan with the willingness to course correct and allow, you know, myself to just be an instrument through which the expression of the universe is expressed. Mm -hmm. And um, with plans, uh, I find that uh, when, when we're earnest and it's for the right reasons, um, every door that is supposed to open does open. Yes. It's whether or not we recognize it when it happens. Yes, and what you said about course correction. Yeah. That's an important part of it, too. I'm a big believer in goal setting and intention and setting a plan, but also that you have to be able to pivot when things change. Right. Because if I were to drive from my house to the mall, I could get on Mopac or... I could take Lamar or I could take this or there's a thousand unlimited ways to get from one destination to, to another. Day, right? Yeah. You can end up at the same destination, but it might take a completely different route than you initially planned. So I love what you said about course correction. I think that's a really important thing for people to think about is if you set a clear plan, clear intention, clear goal for your life, also understand that it might not look the way you think it's going to, or you plan for it to. You might get to the same destination eventually, but that the the course can be like a zigzag. Yeah, I've read somewhere where um, for every flight plan uh, into outer space, 97% of the original flight plan at takeoff Does it change? is altered. <laughs> Because there, so there are wild. unpredictable forces that, yeah. that come. And so, and now what would happen if you're on that flight plan and you have, you need to alter it, but you don't. You'd end up. You would not get would where not you be good. going. It wouldn't <laughs> be good, right? And so I think that that's kind of the same way yeah. for us. Um, that, that analogy holds true. I love that. Well, and because we're getting 
to the end of this, I would love for you to share. You talked a little bit about your experience over the last year with Cindy, and that was such a profound experience in your life. And you've taken that and have created a foundation in your name, in Cindy's name. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about that and the work that you're doing. I'd love to. Thank you. Thank you. So I would, first of all, I would be, um, I'd, I'd really be really happy for, for anyone who's listening to go to willisfamilyfoundation.org. So that's the name of the foundation. It's the Willis Family Foundation. My daughter and I founded it. Um, the way this happened was that my wife was, uh, so um, my wife, Cindy, was the most disciplined female I've ever known about getting an annual checkup and an annual mammogram. And so if we look at her diagnosis, she was diagnosed with breast cancer in December of 2018, mid-December. Um, and so that was like December the 10th, 15th, something like that. December the 21st, uh, we learned that she had highly advanced stage four cancer and stage four means it's basically all over the body right spread to other organs and in april of 2018 the same exact year only seven or eight months before the december diagnosis she had had a 3d mammogram latest technology very advanced mammogram only eight months before and did not show any cancer How's that even possible? Right. That's so, we, end of December, end up going to MD Anderson in Houston. We go to a wonderful oncologist here in Austin, Beth Hellerstedt. She's amazing, by the way. Um, And, um, you know, two months later, they basically sent Cindy home to die. And I I remember we, we got home and I had... Uh, some some good friends that are physicians that were there kind of to console us and help out and you know hospice was coming in the house and it's just also hectic and you don't you don't really know how to manage it you just get from one moment to the next right and so I we we finally got Cindy comfortable and in bed and out of pain and I, I walked over to where my friends were sitting and I said you know I'm really, really angry with the medical profession because I, I, I just don't understand how um, we could be sent home this quickly. Um, like she sent home to die and she was, she was very disciplined about getting her mammograms and all of her medical care. And I just, I just don't understand how this happened. I don't, I don't I don't, I don't understand how she could go from a clean mammogram in April to December. She's got stage four highly advanced cancer. I, does cancer move that quickly? Like, can, and, and by the way, I need to mention to you guys that the MD Anderson uh, and the oncologist in Austin told us that the cancer had been in our body 15 to 20 years. So I'm like, how is it that she's had a monthly blood test and she's had all of this medical work done and... Um, that the, the cancer never showed up. And had we learned about it, you know, 10 years ago, 
And had you just looked for it in a blood test 10 years ago, we would have had time to, you know, treat it and, and she'd still be with us. And, and I'm just pissed off. And um, my good friend, the radiologist, who's also on the board of the foundation, dear family friend, he said, you know, Mark, he said, the greatest hope that exists uh, for early cancer detection is not oncology. It is cancer-sniffing dogs. Wow. Yeah. And so I started doing research. Um, and, you know, we all know that dogs can sniff out drugs, firearms. Everything. Uh, you know, you're, now you're hearing that they can sniff out epilepsy. Well, um, I did my research, and this is all being validated. And so we're about uh, 1st of May. Cindy passed away on May the 14th. So 1st of May, she really, she wasn't moved. She didn't get out of bed for the last two weeks at all. And um, we had a full-time caregiver. <clears throat> Excuse me, I get a little still. It's, no, It's, it's amazing. I still... Is, is a little bit of a fragile moment for me. And so uh, I walk in the bedroom and she's asleep. And um, I felt like intuitively we were pretty close to the end. And there'd been this smell in the bedroom that I began to notice. And I went and I kissed Cindy on the forehead. And I tasted the cancer on my lips and I smelled it. And I looked to our caregiver and I said, what's that smell? Is it the cancer? She said, yeah. That's the smell of cancer, Mark. Wow. That's what the dogs can smell multiple layers deep. So dogs wow. have olfactory senses. I mean, their sense of smell is far more advanced than the human sense of smell. And so they can smell multiple layers down. And so when I smelled it, um, I said, that's it. We're, we're creating a foundation. And uh, our foundation is in partnership with the University of Pennsylvania. By the way, anybody who's on Southwest Airlines this month, there is a, the Spirit Magazine has a picture of a husky on the cover, and it says the doctor will smell you now. <gasps> it is a, wow. it is on the vet, Dr. Cynthia Otto at Penn Vet, cover of Southwest Airlines this month about uh, what she's doing in training dogs to detect cancer. Unbelievable. And uh, by the way, for anyone who wants more information, uh, Success Magazine, uh, my friend Stuart Johnson, who's the editor of Success Magazine, he did a story on the Willis Family Foundation that's in this month's edition Amazing. of Success Magazine. And uh, we are on a mission to raise $1.5 million over the next 12 months just to, to be able to fulfill our first commitment to uh pen vet oh that's so Otto. amazing so this this um <clears throat> is a way that um you know if if i if this foundation 
can help one family uh, avoid going through what we went through. Because you think about what we went through. Um, we had affluence. I had the luxury of being able to stay at home with my wife while she was ill. Um, she, we had the best insurance in the world. We had, you know, the ability to to pay for stuff that wasn't on insurance, to right. get a full-time caregiver when things really, really got scary at the end. Now, think of what I've seen happen to families where, you know, someone gets a diagnosis like Cindy got, and literally it takes, not only takes the family down emotionally, but it takes them down financially, physically, uh, mentally, every way it can possibly take them down. It just takes the unit down, the family unit. And then um, I think of how blessed we were. And I, I feel like, uh, you know, Cindy was such a dog lover. I mean, if you look on the foundation website, you'll see pictures of her with dogs from the time she was young, young, young. And you'll find her, you know, like literally on her deathbed with surrounded by dogs. Oh, I the photos so because um, we're we're dog people and so I just I just feel like you know um, the good the universe works this the good Lord works this whatever you want to say you know I believe in a higher power and I believe that this is this is a way that you know um, I can make sense of this tragedy that happened to our family and help others which is what I'm all about oh, and, it's and so my daughter amazing. Mary Elizabeth is such an angel and has been, I mean, she just has made this foundation her life's mission. And um, it's, you know, gives us purpose and gives us a way to help. Oh, so beautiful, Mark. I'm just so, so grateful for the work that you're doing and the number of lives you're going to positively impact. And it brings me back this idea of, you know, nobody is looking at the body as one unit. They're looking at different body parts, right? Even you can go see a knee specialist, all they're looking at is the knee. So the fact that you can use these dogs to detect cancer throughout the body when all these other tests aren't working or aren't tracking something that was in your wife's body for 15, 20 years, it's such, such incredible revolution in medicine. And I'm just so grateful for your purpose and your contribution and what you're offering and all the people that you're going to impact. So I think that's just an amazing place to end. Oh, and I'm just you. so, so grateful. And, um, you know, in general, I ask everybody just bef before we hop off, um, two small questions. Um, one, what's in your morning cup right now? What do you like to drink in the morning? I like black coffee. Love that. Simple man. <laughs> I'll put nothing in it. But uh, I, 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 the second I wake up every morning, I drink 16 ounces of water. Oh, that's great. So I yeah, will not allow body. myself to have coffee and time. So you have water. Full 16 ounces of water. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's so great. And then my second question is, what's the thing that inspires you to get out of bed in the morning? Uh, helping people. Beautiful. You know, that, and you know, continuing to grow, continuing to evolve. Um, I had a call to evolve last year. Yes. 
Well, I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm on that evolution track, and for me, that's that's enough to say, get up and go, Mark. Get your ass out of bed yeah. right now. You got a lot of people to help. That's yeah. Right. Well, bless you. Thank you so much. I just uh, love you so much, and I'm so grateful for your time. Today. Oh, Naomi, you're so awesome. Thank you. This has been such an honor. It's such thank a pleasure you, for you, me too. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. If you loved it, definitely leave me a rating, preferably five stars. That would be nice. Uh, And a review. I'd really appreciate that. You can also click subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And you can follow me on Instagram. It's brand new. I've got about 100 followers on there. But it's my name, Naomi Seifter, S-E-I-F-E. T-E-R, or my company, Picnic, P-I-C-N-I-K, Austin, on Instagram, and see what we're up to. Thank you so much. Much love. Until next time.